For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3, and that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. Everyone and welcome to Melcast 3.0. My name is Derek Vandermillen, host of Melcast 3.0, and with me is my co-host Aristotle Acevedo. Aristotle Acevedo, that's me. And uh, he did a great job of recovering. But for anyone that produces their own podcast, there's always one nightmare that plays out in their mind. And we've made it successfully almost to. Triple digit episodes without this ever being the case. What happened, Air Subtle? I forgot to press record. He forgot that, to press record. The big red letters on my fucking computer that I always <laughs> joke about. It, it's uh. it's okay because uh, to catch you up on what we essentially missed, um, I th- I think it happened for a reason, Aristotle, because we started at the top of the hour. As is often the case, like we want to talk about politics, but this is a podcast about comics and pop culture, and and I think it's it's right before we're going to give birth to so many creative things that will be able to help guide us through the thick of this fog that has been this week. Mm-hmm. Um, that we had to have a bit of a dry run talking about it because Aristotle and I almost got like talking in circles about how we feel about it and the. The consensus was like, this is just too much. Like the mixture of what do we do versus how do we ingest news? Now that everyone's using things like alt facts and the line between where this just becomes meta, like our commenting on it almost makes the boogeyman even bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so walking through the thick of that, um, we'll we'll save you the time and just be like. If that is a consensus of how you felt about this week, being like, what is this reality where new policies unfold? We might not be taking in people uh, from seven different countries that before we were, people who worked with us. um, We talked about and is now lost into the ether whether – people were distracted by the size of Donald Trump's hands or if they're not, if it's fake or if it's not, it's basically the new blue white dress. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Snopes.com. That's Snopes.com. And uh, I called it the actual sleight of hand, like us <laughs> talking about the size of his hand and whether it's Photoshopped in a, in a picture or not is an actual sleight of hand. It, it distracts us. Um, and for those of you that are trying this week, to actually keep eyes glued to the screen and sift through what is true, what's not, and what's people just overreacting. You feel like you're about to short circuit. I'm only bringing this up now to let you know that we're here too and we got through our short circuit. Mm -hmm. 
and it just wasn't recorded. And I think that's <laughs> for the best. What if uh, this short circuit short circuit the recording? That's what happened. That's true. Look at it that oh. way. There's an alt fact for you, Aristotle, so you can sleep tonight. No, just kidding. Uh, Aristotle's a professional. He does so many, many podcasts. And honestly, when was the last time you did that? Uh, years ago. Years ago, Aristotle. So don't beat yourself up. We shake it off. We walk it off. Uh, and we move forward. So that was our, our cold opening. Um, but we have some meltdown news for you as well. Um, for those of you that are local. So here is that news. Wednesday, February 1st, we're going to have a signing here. That is this upcoming Wednesday for Brian K. Vaughn, Joe Casey, Matt Hawkins, and Steven Siegel. So come celebrate 25 years of Image Comics with us and those creators. We also have D&D happening here every Sunday and Thursday. Um, so you can come cast fireballs and, and everything with some people that are, are very cool. Very welcoming. Um, and I, we talked about uh, pre-button uh, being pressed, uh, how inclusive of a group this is. Yes, if you feel like, uh, if you're intimidated by joining a, a group of people that may or may not already know each other fairly well, don't be, because they will gladly take you in. Yes, it was It was <laughs> one of the most organic things to just sort of happen here at Meltdown. Chuck's been a, a, a part of that in Zine Melt, just sort of approaching, and mm. then it blew up into something huge. Uh, this feels like a, another uh, age of uh, D&D coming back just because mm. of how many people just kind of ask us, hey, is there something happening? And 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 it's very democratic. There's no uh, old guard yeah. really about it. It's, it's, it's uh, meant for new uh, people. So if you have an idea of, of wanting to play, come join us here. Um, and then... I think that is enough of catching us up on the store um, and our current climate of where we're at as creative individuals, as people just consuming media and get a little sick from it sometimes um, and wonder what to spew into tiny Dixie cups. is <laughs> uh, uh, a joke now uh, between me and Aerosol. Um, and... We are going to go bravely into nerdy news. So, <laughs> what has happened since the last time that we recorded? The, I believe we started with Star Wars, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, we got The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is the title for episode eight. Yes. I saw it as... Uh, just the the title being presented on Twitter, and then when I went back to be like, "Whoa, like how how this originate? Where this come from?" I saw a cool picture that Ryan Johnson tweeted of the opening crawl being finally put into the current cut mm. of episode eight. Um, and there was a number of theories that people were proposing. I think when I saw the title "Last Last Jedi," we are seeing. I mean. We saw Ray use the force not in just a force sensitive way, like mm-hmm. in Rogue One. We saw Ray use the actual force, so it would kind of beg the question if if this title is called The Last Jedi, and we know that uh Luke remains, mm-hmm. but Ray is also here. What I was I, I think it brought a fear in me of of Luke getting off, just like not getting off, getting off 
Um, yeah, Luke getting off uh, with his robotic hand. Um, getting off, getting whacked. Um, it still doesn't sound any better when I phrase it that way. Uh, getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no more. Or it could be the case that he is an apparition just like Obi-Wan and in a way that'd make me feel good. But uh, I don't I, know. I, I just would hate, I would hate for if the, if the formula was kind of like, Harrison got killed. Now let's kill Luke, uh, mm. especially when we know, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher won't be in the next one. Yeah. So it's kind of well, like the way I read it, or it could be uh, this way, though, I always like to start this off by saying that I don't particularly enjoy coming up with theories based on so little yeah. information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's going to come out, and we're all going to yeah. know eventually. Yeah. So there's, as much as I love it and I'm mm-hmm. excited, there are other things to think about right now. Mm-hmm. But I, it can be taken anyway to whereas Rey could just be the last Jedi, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean anything for Luke. Mm-hmm. She's just the last one mm-hmm. for now. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, that I, like, I'm trying to... If Finn used the lightsaber, I can't. I'm tr- now I'm going back in like old canon. I thought I read somewhere that only a Jedi could use the lightsaber. Sure no, Logan, no, like well, Logan Grievous Jedi. used Grievous used a lightsaber. Yeah, and he wasn't very good with the lightsaber. No, he wasn't because mm. he was relying too much on his four mechanical arms. Oh, I mean, I meant uh, Finn. Oh, Finn. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Finn wasn't. I mean, he. Just picked it up. Yeah. Whereas Ray kind of Ray kicked some ass with her lightsaber. Yes, she did. She held her own definitely mm-hmm. against someone who was supposed to be trained. And if I remember, trained by Luke. Trained by yeah. Though I'd also say he's got a wild. He's a wild, emotional teenager of a person. He is. He's very much his grandfather. Um, that's why he has a sigil for his his grandfather. Um, yeah, so that's just some theories. There's also, uh, I was reading um, through our mother company, if you will, Nerdist, um, uh, that there's, there's, there's like three theories that people have kind of teased out about possibilities. So if you want to read an article um, counter to Aristotle's advice, um, you can definitely Nerdist. seek it out there. Um my other my other uh, issue with it is that if you're gonna guess the theory and it's right, you've just spoiled the movie for yourself. For yourself, and then you're gonna come out of the theater like, "Oh, I fucking knew it! I knew no, it! You did it! <laughs> did it! No, <laughs> God, you just rolled the dice, yeah. on on what you wanted to say. Um, no, I. It's interesting because I don't know if I would have. Well, I would have. I would have still gone to see it, but Rogue One inspired me, even though chronologically it doesn't work to be like not inspired but like excited me it was like you know what now i'm happy to go see episode eight because mm. we've we've talked almost endlessly on just my feeling of being a little bit underwhelmed by seven and mm. just like a very safe bet being cast but like eight i am excited for now so i uh i recently rewatched. well i didn't rewatch it i watched looper for the first time it's just much older now that i feel like yeah i finally got to it yeah uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that w- that was one of the most comic booky films mm. 
that wasn't inspired by a comic book. Yeah. Which you know I, what I mean? That I was like, God, that there should have been a comic book for that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, somebody just was like, no, we can do the movie. Yeah. And like, uh, I said this before too, when we weren't recording, that I'm sure lots of people do this, but I like to watch movies that the director's done before to get a sense of what we're going to get in this. And the thing that I forgot until now is that Ryan Johnson wrote and directed Looper, and he's writing and directing episode eight. Yeah. So that's a much closer tie than just seeing what like he can do with a camera. I wonder how much when you get into, because you think about the grind of what they're doing with Star Wars right now, um, how much... Because, I mean, Mar- Marvel's doing the same thing, obviously. They're like... Fil- doing a similar model, but we're getting episode eight two years after, like mm. exactly on the mark two years after uh, episode seven. And I almost feel like, yeah, this guy would have to be writing it because he's also directing it. It's, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like it has to kind of be trusted on one person because if you have too many cooks in the kitchen on something like that, I mm. feel like it would get like really messy it'd just be better to like just trust a guy Mm -hmm. and when i last checked imdb i'm i want to i want to know more i want to get the details out of this but under writer it's ryan johnson and george lucas so i want to know what that means yeah did he just look at whatever george lucas wanted to do and kind of reworked it or did he really write it with george lucas or just well if i were to like uh, I like think about George this. George Luke is getting yeah, notes, and I, then I think about counts. this all the time. It's like as we move into uh, this realm of like something could like like just explode into a franchise that is having the level of production that these are. And I was just one director or one creative mind that was going to take a piece of the story, mm-hmm. like. I think I would want to be with George Lucas or like J.K. Rowling or like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like a sidestep like sort of mm. you know be like yeah I, I get the gist like I would I'd be like I would want to sit down and be like where were you thinking of taking this yeah or even and there's well, plenty of things that I could like disregard mm-hmm. but I'd want to know at, like at the core what did you have planned for the possibility of doing it to be like. I kind of felt similar or I had never thought of that. Oh my God, I want to, I want to be the one Mm -hmm. since they put me in charge to make that happen. Um, but then add the, all the other accoutrement around it. And it's those kinds of things that make me curious about, uh, like, did he have to talk to JJ about like, okay, you set these things up. Where did you want to go? Or was it like Kathleen Kennedy? Yeah. Sprinkle these things in and I will cover the next ones or, yeah, did Lawrence Kasdan write them? Like that's these are the kind of tangled things that I want to I want to get the details on. Mm-hmm. Because now we're it's like we're we are talking about the, their approach has become basically what comic books are exactly like just like huge production comic book yeah basically. Um, so yeah, I, I I love hearing about them succeeding. In a way, you know, I mean, if it fails, like that really does suck. But when you hear just like how many people are working towards a success and it does land, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I also want to say that uh, 
I remember a bunch of jokes about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Looper mm. and how he looked, but once I saw it, holy shit, he fucking nailed Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is like, there's a weird sort of like, he does and he does not look, but he does a pretty good job of yeah, like, like stepping into. I, a lot of the time I couldn't help but think like, fuck, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but really like, Bruce really Willis. Nailed, yeah, yeah kind of nailing Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah it's, It'd be it'd be interesting if I like show my kids that like years into the future and be like what do you what do you think of this if they'd be like those two people were just like separate things it'd be like yeah but like I like come in with like my sort of like dad understanding of like pop culture be like yeah but like if you knew Bruce Willis yeah or like, just show him an old movie because yeah. I was like oh my god he's yeah. got like the way he talks and the facial movements yeah pretty damn close yeah it's interesting if you look at joseph gordon levitt he is doing a lot of like very immersive character work into uh a lot of different vocal techniques i mean he had Mm. to do bruce willis he had to do um the man on the wire is a french french accent Mm. um i'm just referring to him as the man on the wire because i i i know i know the documentary more than i know the actual man's name Mm. um and uh Edward Snowden. Oh yeah. And his Edward Snowden his Edward Snowden's played very deep for Edward Snowden, but like when you're basically playing a man who became famous for being in hiding, it's kinda like he's only got so much source material to draw upon and like a brief meeting and that's it. And mm. you build around that. But no. No, I love that digression. I will happily digress for Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, and forget any of the schedule of what we have to talk about. <laughs> um, we did mention Stranger Things Millie Bobby Brown to appear in the new Godzilla film. Yes. Um, and the... Eleven. The, King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters, yeah. Uh, which is a big deal when you consider that they're going to... It's Godzilla is going to square off with King Kong. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing that I'm uh, confused on the timeline of this because I was so... Sh- I want... Oh, God damn it. I don't know if that's where they'll be fighting or if the third movie is where they'll be fighting. I assumed it would be this one, but I don't know. Because I thought it was going to be titled Godzilla vs. King Kong. This is the kind of thing we could just look up now on Wikipedia. Yeah. But it, I'd rather ask the world. Um, yeah, because we just got Godzilla from Gareth Edwards. Like, I think we're, I think we're good on a current context mm. uh, Godzilla film, but... Uh, whatever needs to like world build, sure. Um, another thing that happened uh, over the course of this week was the Injustice Two beta was released, and there was like so many people that were live streaming that, and the um, reception was very positive. Um, it brought. This is when I look at something that's is like next gen or current gen. Um, trying to move into a new era. It was it was pretty cool to see this fighting game um, of a property that I've played. Um, but they're fleshing it out even more, and they're bringing in customizable uh, outfits to all of the characters. Um, and, and basically, you can custom make uh, your own Batman. Mm. And some of them are almost unrecognizable as Batman because they're going to such a level of different... They'll give you, like, a very standard suit. They'll give you, like, a kryptonite-lit, like, Tron-looking 
um, Batman mm-hmm. suit, uh, just all silver Batman suit. There's like some that look super like mech heavy, and then you got Superman who's got like very modern look, but he's rocking the classic S shield, yeah. the like triangle S shield. Um, and I want to know, what's up? Can you build a Michael Keaton Batman? Wait for the update. Wait for the update. I'm Animated sh- series. Batman. That would be really cool. Uh, I know I know that for like a lot of the Arkham games they'll release like a oh, yeah. skin. The skin. Um, I, also you know it would be great. What's up? Uh would be a real treat is having the um Gordon's rabbit Batman. Oh, that would be really cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be awesome. Um uh, it, the the gameplay was was a lot of fun. The thing that I was like most like, oh cool, we've like really crossed the new threshold is they're including certain characters that w- look really well with just the world of um, when they're all fighting Atrocitus, the Red Lantern, mm. um, and that's like it was cool for me because I've loved that character since uh, he was introduced, and I think that was. Ooh, 2011 mid 2010 um so like six or seven years of like liking a character um no what am i thinking blackest night was 2009 so that was blackest night so oh yeah 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 i was right i was like no it couldn't have been high school for me It, it was uh pretty damn close to that actually and um so Atrocitus was around. So this is like 2007. So we are talking like a decade of this character who's been a fan favorite of mine. And weirdly, like a friend of mine uh, who listens to podcasts is like, I love the Rage Red Lantern. I know nothing about Green Lantern's like lore, but the fact that there's a cat that like spews blood, mm-hmm. like acid blood, um, that's just awesome. like, so that's so metal. Um, and he phrased that that way, and I had no understanding of metal. So I was like, yeah, 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 it is metal. You're right. I just wanted him to like the character. And now Atrocitus is a, a, a one of the characters that they release of four in the beta. Um, and just listening to people who just play video games be like, what? Is that a cat spewing blood? <laughs> like, So that's like a, one of the kind of moves that's uh, unique to Atrocitus is he hails in his blood spewing kitty. Um, so yeah, so if, uh, you want a taste of that game before, um, it is released, there's so many videos of, of people just trying out the game and the mechanics of it, the skins, the feature of, of getting new pieces of, of equipment that have different properties to sort of build a fighter, not Mm -hmm. just have the fighter to play with, but like valuing certain skills over and things over that. So I thought that was uh, incredible, and that'll be a fun game. Um, briefly, before we begin, you mentioned uh, that the RZA yeah. is doing what with his time? He uh, directed an episode of Marvel's Iron Fist, which will be coming out in March. Mm-hmm. He directed episode six, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, I'm certain they'll be releasing them all at the same time. As they always do with those shows. Yeah. So, in, so keep an eye out in March and uh, and uh, for episode six, when it's finally released, uh, we'll feature the directing talents of the RZA. Uh, so I think we should move into our picks of the week. Absolutely. So what was your very first pick of the week? Uh, my first pick of the week, I'm going to start with this one because it's always, it's 
always hard to explain. Uh, Doom Patrol number four. Yes. It's hard to explain because it's technically under the DC umbrella, but a new, oh. a it's new stoke the, of the umbrella. Of a young animal mm-hmm. uh, led by Gerard Way, and this is the book that he's writing. It's written by Gerard Way, and the art is all done by Nick Darrington, with colors by Tamra Bonvillain, <laughs> and letters by Todd Klein. Uh, but it's hard to explain because they're all characters that I'm so unfamiliar with, and it's such a like a loopy world mm-hmm. that's kind of a. Uh, I'm just gonna say crazy. It's a little crazy, surreal. And so so yeah. it's very, it's very surreal. It is a mix so of reality that feels like reality, and mm-hmm. then very much like Shade, the Changing Girl. The yeah, difference being that in Shade, you're following. Shade. Yes. Uh, so this is the story where we find um, Casey Brink in a space prison. And uh, high note, Aristotle. Yes. Uh, are you familiar with Danny the Street? Yes. See, I was not until this book, but not and, like right. super in depth. But I hey. know the name of the character and the look, ah. and they're. Placement in the in the story a little bit. Well, now Danny has been made Danny. I don't know if he goes by Danny the ambulance, but he's an ambulance. Yeah, uh, and he's been uh, Casey's ambulance that she's been driving for a while. And in the last issue, I believe, because they kind of they've been like months apart, which mm-hmm. makes it harder to follow. Is uh, he explains to her like you're a hero in a kind of a comic book way and getting a little meta. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's still like a lot of weird stuff going on here that I, I'm still not sure how to explain, uh, but they have to, they bust out of this prison. They get Danny, the, the ambulance. God damn it. I want to call him Danny the street because I like that name. (laughs) Um, when you read it, I just like have a picture of like, as you're reading this, just flipping and going, what? What? Like each each page turn is kind of like a new revelation in a way that surprises you. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah? Or at least uh, whenever there's something in there that I didn't know or like, oh, shit, should I, should I know who this person is? Yeah. Like the last page is the reveal of a uh, Tormanox. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but his name is so like big and he's got his own font that I'm like oh surely this must be a you, reveal you to somebody you gotta know who this is yeah, yeah well then that's brilliant for them to do that yeah I the best piece of advice I think I got from a very seasoned comic book reader is that uh, there's always gonna be for for anything that's serialized and has been for a very long time Doctor Who like any like anything there's always gonna be a there's always going to be a jumping on point for someone mm-hmm. and there's going to be so much that came before is to not get stressed about it. And part of the fun is when you see something like that, like it's a big deal. You should know this character could be the case that they're new. But if you go back and look, uh, they're introducing the reintroducing the character. Yeah. And that's fun. Uh, something fun that's in the back of the book that uh, I don't remember from the other issues or if they were in there, I missed them is Bane's Coloring Corner by Brandon Bird. 
and there's three pages. Wait, like of, actual? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, two of them are Tom Hardy Bane. One of them is uh, just the right. I guess the. I want to say comic book version of Bane, no, but he also looks no, like no, no, the, no. Uh, that's Batman, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. That's a hundred percent Batman. And Robin. Well, because he doesn't, he doesn't have the tubes, and that's what I. No, but he's got most. the um, he's the got, same mask. He's got or, the yeah, he's got the same mask, but he also has the like uh, bu- like weightlifter belt that's got uh, spikes on it. Mm. Yeah, what Batman and Robin Bane? And that's just, them being very self aware. Yeah, just real simple little uh, funny coloring book style drawings of Bane in different Bane in space? Yeah. What? Okay. That, that, is that a quote at the bottom? Oh, yeah. Well, I, it's not a quote from anything that I assume. It's just like a funny... So we got Bane in space and the and the little saying beneath is follow your dreams and they can take you to the stars. And he's got a spacesuit on and instead of NASA it says Bane, Bane. in the NASA. Wow. Car. That is cool. Mm-hmm. That's a very fun looking book. Um, yeah, and it definitely looks like the type of thing that I just pick up and immediately mm-hmm. go. Eh, it's not a big deal if I don't know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. like it, I'm sure it's world building, but it just I'm, looks fun enough. I'm gonna enjoy it. And I know for sure, like Gerardway is just loving the little the, the vagueness of it until we can get to yeah the actual yeah world building portion of it that's very cool um there was a book this week that really caught my attention um and also gave me a like each time i turn the page for the first like third i'm just going what like you heard me like kind of reacting i was like oh 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 and it's it's um the dregs is what it's called it's from black mask and it's the first issue. The writers Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler uh, have written the story, as well as Eric Zadwaski on pencils and inks, and D. Cunniff on the colors. Um, this story opens in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, uh, and it has th- uh, like third third division of the page. Um, the three bars. Uh, one is Vancouver in 1950, one in 1990, and then now. And it goes to show like how little I know about Vancouver, but I could believe um, that the now uh, could be taking place in the future, but the buildings, because they look a little futuristic, but I also think that's that's just Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, which is why they film a lot of like superhero movies in Vancouver, because it almost looks very comic book-esque. Um, but the whole point of this uh, first page is to show how quickly um, Vancouver g- grew up, basically, in just like a 60-year period, um, which I can believe. Um, I remember when I first moved out here, everyone's like, I don't know why I moved out here. All the work's moving to Vancouver, and I couldn't tell if like they were being serious or not. Um, it's since now everyone's like relaxed about it and realized that LA's going to be fine. It's just now there's places like Vancouver and Atlanta that are also producing, which is fine when we live in the age where we are of like just so much media out there. There's room Um, for everyone. Yeah. But the um, pages then go on to show um, what looks like a derelict um, on the streets in a meat locker. And there's people that are just kind of moving him along, making dots and dashes on his body they inject him with sort of happy liquid, 
um, and make him very uh, docile looking, and then decapitate him, bleed him out just like a piece of cattle, and start grinding him up into meat, and they make sausages, and then the next page they show that that's just being served in a little bistro called La Mancha. And it that, like, how quickly it just goes from, like, oh... We're yeah, we're in a we're in a, a really rundown part of town to just like yeah, and there this part of town is solving its homeless crisis by just eating them. Mm. Um, was like oh, that feels like really dirty and um, commenting a little too much on a question that I know that we're trying to answer in Los Angeles and yeah. San Diego, but that's not an extreme I want to watch us go, but is I definitely get what they're uh, commenting on um, and how we're really not handling the situation at yeah. all. Um, and the narrative then goes on to, sh- to show the main character who's also a derelict and basically this, um, how do they say it? Pushed into five, we've been pushed into five square blocks stuck between gray sky and gray concrete. Uh, so he's kind of, he's there a part of the huddled masses, but he had a life where he was, you know, a creative type, um, and was just sort of living a bohemian lifestyle that pretty much got him stuck in this like dark part of town, um, with everyone else. So he is also a drug addict. Um, they're very unclear about what the drug is because it just looks like, Oh, this is heroin. But then, they show these really weird glimpses of um, people he sees, like faces he sees when he's on the drug, mm-hmm. and they've got like a weird almost mosaic monitor, like a hologram over their face. It's very weird. I don't, I don't know what to make of it, and it doesn't explain itself too much. Um, and this is, is this an issue one? This is an issue one, yeah. And what's weird is he's, we're, he's kind of an unreliable narrator almost um in that he's he's essentially homeless he's a drug user he's he's old and weathered and uh basically he's like they're treating him almost as like a noir detective Hmm. trying to from within the problem like solve like what is this problem like i'm homeless in here and no one else no one else that's in my situation seems to have the cognitive ability to figure out from within what the problem is because it's clear as day that no one outside of the problem is looking to help actually solve it. Yeah. So it's told in a very noir fashion. Uh, we get like large um, one-page spread of a map that he's drawing of the city trying to make his way through. And he's just like, oh, I just see circles and triangles and i'm seeing that everywhere now he starts to kind of obsess over circles and triangles um and he just like he's like i'm gonna complete one of these triangles and it goes to the dead body of of a crime scene of another derelict being killed um and there's a note attached to it that says i'd rather my body i'd rather let my body rot than be eaten by the pigs Mm. So uh, so the literal showing of, of homeless people getting eaten, there's a few of them now that know that they're actually being served up to the aristocracy of Vancouver, um, basically. Um, so that was a really weird, like, sordid dystope 
yeah. possible hyper realization of our current time um that I was like I was pretty engaged through but then it just made me very curious about um what the overall intention of this book will be because at the very end they have a black and white sort of photo showing a homeless person in Vancouver just blowing bubbles mm. and uh at the very end uh this is an actual photo this isn't a drawing of a photo uh so you understand this was real um it's titled Off Hours, a photo series by Thandwin. Off Hours is an ongoing project that documents the leisure activities of people living on the streets of Vancouver. The photos in the series explore the creative ways in which people cope with boredom despite circumstances of poverty. The hope is to reveal a commonality, the desire to seek escape from the grind of daily life through small acts of enjoyment. Um, and underneath the subtitle of the of the photo, it says, "Did you get my good side?" Um, <laughs> Bubbles, twenty sixteen, and it's interesting because I've had that thought myself of of someone on a street. How do you deal? Well, not just how do you deal, but there's. I think the most common thing to think about is they're on the street because they were doing drugs, or they've they've reserved all of their are exhausted all of their reserves basically and are are forced into a situation where they're on the street and that is true and there's a number of people that are trying to help people from spiraling into that position but there's also a number of people that are there by their choosing mm. um and want this very the simple nomadic life where and I it's just like there are a lot of like People that are tweaking out here. It was a very different homeless situation than when I lived in Chicago. Mm. Everyone's pretty much drunk there um, if they are abusing a substance and homeless. Um, and I don't know why you'd be homeless by too much choice in Chicago um, because it's cold, it's cold, cold, cold. Yeah. But out here, there are people that I see that I've I've tried to help. I've tried to offer because it's weird because they were almost not being pushy. I wanted to help and like offer money or like, do you need food? Or like, I'm about to throw out this pillow. Do you want like, I'm not using it. And I see that you're using like a sack of books and they're like, no, I'm actually fine. And there's no, like, it's just, it's very weird. And this, so this photo showed me someone who's just like, I'm just playing with bubbles at the moment. I'm not, I, and 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 to 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 sort of like pick up on what they're saying like how people escape the grind like there's a grind that all of us have like uh i'm making rent they're trying to figure out how to make a meal for themselves i'm trying to make a meal for myself yeah you know quick and i have pockets of ways in which i distract myself either watching injustice 2 beta uh talking with a friend at the store on on a podcast I see what they mean about the commonality. Like, where is the true commonality? Yeah. Um, is that in how we just have our moments of escapism? Is that like a universal? Um, because the external forces are always going to be there. I don't know who just has a perfect life. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really cool as an epilogue to the, to the issue. Because mm-hmm. um, there's this very dark uh, tone that's set with the comic but then they follow it up with a very light tone in that photo so i thought that was really really cool and insightful nice uh well my pick Mm -hmm. is thanos number three nice uh 
I remember I had uh, picked Thanos number one a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. Didn't do two. I did read it, but I, I know it's interesting it. when we're like, oh man, I really want to talk about the thing I've already talked about on an episode, but let that be a testament to how much I actually mm-hmm. like the series and you should be reading it. Uh, I'm also just always, uh, everyone's interested in Thanos. Especially now. The closer we get to when he's like actually going to mutter more than a sentence in Infinity War, which very quick uh, they did release what the logo is going to look like for that. Mm. So check that out if you're interested. I'm also very interested in seeing a brutal Thanos. Mm, Uh, Yeah. And so that's... Well, he was pretty brutal in... uh, and like the Infinity um, Secret Wars spinoff, I think, if I remember. Wait, which one? Because he was... He was, it was so he, long ago, I can't remember. Yeah, I know. Uh, but so for Secret Wars, there was a spinoff for Infinity. It wasn't. It wasn't the Infinity that came before Secret Wars. It was when like every sort of Elseworld, to use DC's term, uh, every Elseworld, every like storyline from Old Man Logan. There was Secret Wars, Old Man Logan, mm. all of the different properties that are now like being funneled into Secret Wars. There was Infinity, and I love the artwork in that one so much that it didn't matter if I wasn't following half of what Hickman was bringing to it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to read that one. Yeah. And we saw the... Um, it was the black female Nova member, mm-hmm. um, the girl and her daughter, um, the woman and her daughter, Oh, yes. And Thanos was very prevalent in that. I think it was like she was basically the only one that was holding up against. But there was a really badass moment where future Thanos kills... Comes and kills himself. Yes. And so I was just like, what? I don't even need to know what's going on. This is such a cool... I vaguely remember him having the time stone, and that's why they had to go to him. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so for you to see, for you to say a brutal Thanos, that makes me think of like, oh, when last I even checked in on Thanos, he was pretty brutal. So if you're saying he's brutal here, that's awesome. Uh, Well, I remember in the first issue was when he, uh, I believe it was Corvus Clave that he makes him kill himself. Mm, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm pretty sure I said at the end of that too, that, uh, you discover that Thanos is dying. He doesn't know what it is. He just knows he's getting weak and he's coughing up blood. Uh, in the last issue, he goes to see his um, his old mentor father character, who I did not know. We knew he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. They don't exact. I don't think they give his name, but he goes to visit his mentor, who is a brilliant scientist. Uh, he kills all the other scientists to make his mentor help um, cure him to find out what he has. And Damn. you discover mm-hmm. he's got some something no one's ever seen that's happening so fast. I'm, I just want to assume it's a God cancer. That's oh, probably okay. what it's sure. happening to him. Uh, and uh, he's like, you've got like a week and it would take me years to figure out what the hell's happening here. I have no idea what this is. Uh, and then it's like, kills his father. Uh, and that's when he leaves, and the Shi'ar, the Shi'ar guard, mm-hmm. uh, shows up to beat his ass. Dang. Uh, and I I like in this issue that they have, um, it's a bunch of, like, testimonials from other characters being like, yeah, I knew Thanos. Like, yeah, I remember Thanos from this thing. 
And, and huh. none of them are, uh, they're not all particularly related to what's happening in the story now. They're just all like, yeah, Thanos is a bad guy. Uh, the first you're, one. You're is, just getting these moments these of moments commentary. Of people like, yeah, I remember the day that he got the Infinity Gauntlet and he fucked up the, like, he fucked everything up. And this guy, the first guy uh, knew him as a child. And they mm. grew up together, and he always said he was kind of weird. And then uh, killings started happening on our planet, and uh, that's. And then he started acting different, and that's when we all knew. <laughs> Interesting, uh, like cold case yeah. Thanos. <laughs> uh, and so the the Shi'ar show up, and they start fighting Thanos because he's under arrest. Uh, Which and- everyone just. It's like, yo, Thanos, you're under arrest. And he's just like, yeah, okay. That just works on Thanos. You're under arrest. Uh, yes. I forgot what, they, what they're trying to like get him for. There's a whole slew of things, of course, to get Thanos for. But they came for something specific. And Disrupting the whole fabric of reality? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then they proceed to fight. And to everyone's surprise, they're beating his ass. And everybody notices, like, there's something wrong here, obviously, because he's kind of, he's still putting up a fight, but he's going down much easier. Than we than thought. We thought. And uh, they give him a scan, and they see, like, yeah, Was, was that Gladiator? Uh, was no, that? but he does show up. Uh, I'm not sure who this character is. We got a giant, got a giant person fighting Thanos mm. here. Uh, everyone's beating his ass, and they still give him the warning, like, sure, but don't forget this is Thanos. And, of course, he gets a second wind. Beats the shit out of everybody. Oh, God. And that's when they call in for the third wave, which is Gladiator. Ah. Gladiator's got a a pretty deep, personal... Yeah, he does. uh, That much I know. I want to say relationship, but it's not a relationship. It's a a whole ordeal. Yeah. And he comes in and truly beats the shit out of Thanos. Dang. And that's that's where we leave off. That's where it's to be continued. The whole issue is like a, a long fight with a bunch of testimonials with it. That's cool. That sounds like a very good issue. Yeah, they gave you some pretty cool background on him that, again, don't know how... I wish I would like to be like a cross-reference. Yes, this does match up with the old issue, yada, yada. But I don't have that that knowledge. But you get stuff of like uh, how he killed everyone on Titan. Mm -hmm. Dang. That's... uh... That does make me want to just watch or, or read that because uh, mm. I Thanos Thanos is a pretty cool baddie. Like yeah. he, he's he is modeled after Darkseid. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. I will make sure that that's understood for all the all the young listeners that are like, oh, who's this guy Darkseid when he's finally introduced in the movies? He looks like Thanos. It's just gonna make me go ah. <laughs> um, but yes, I I still. Like Thanos, I think he's an interesting character. There's mm-hmm. there's funny things though when you go um, back and you look at how Thanos was like in the 70s. I'm sure there could be some of, of these with Darkseid, but I I no one ever counters with that. There's like some issues where Thanos is just like screaming out of a megaphone in a helicopter, and like yeah. S- Spider Man just beats him. It's like clearly they were just having a one off that was never intended to be treated as canon, but it's almost so silly. You're like. Why would you ever yeah. do this? And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Darkseid created by Jack Kirby? Yeah, as uh, a part of the New Gods. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, so that, yeah, again, that does make sense. Um, but yeah, Darkseid is also 
to continue mentioning Injustice, he's going to be a playable character too, uh, which was the big kind of like reveal at the end of the most recent trailer. Um, and he looks badass. So <coughs> there's my cough. Oh, I didn't talk about that. Um, talked about it in oh, yeah. pre uh, <laughs> oops mode. Um, the last pick of the week uh, is my pick of the week of Dave Ocracy, number one from IDW. We have Ryan Ferrier as the writer and Valentin Ramon as the art and colors. Um, Dave is a series that there's been multiple versions of Dave. um, I forgot about Dave till now. Yeah, um, which I was sort of like, this looks really familiar. um, And I think a long time ago, I can't remember if I talked about Dave um, on Meltcast or if I... We must have, because I remember in the first issue... I believe Fiona Staples was the artist mm. at first. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's been multiple Daves. Uh, the one of which um, I'm trying to find it now. I usually have it right there. Um, it, it, it's basically Daveocracy is the sort of um, play on the subtitle. Um, so there has been about two or three other um, Dave stories, but uh, it's IDW, and they're really good about. They'll do like a few issues, and then they'll just kind of rename it. You're you're with the same character, and it's really good at being standalone on its own. So yeah. it'll it'll help in like a larger context, but it's not so dependent because the whole lens of this one is we're understanding the character of Dave, who we've already met, um, and he's he's a robot. Yeah, he's meant to be the average Joe robot, mm. um, and the the world is painted in such that. Robots remain on Earth. They killed off the humans um, so that Earth could remain because humans kind of prove that there's just a um, there's just a peak. We can't hang. Yeah, there's just a peak of, of human uh, growth, and they hit it. So uh, I think they just basically said, we're the next step. They were basically Ultron about it saying mm. I'm the yeah. next step in human evolution I am but they're they're caught up in eventually they've evolved into into our place pretty much yeah which is the ever discussion of AI is if we created something it could be the case that they are just a more efficient human for our current agenda but how long before you realize that if we created them then our flaw is going to be inherent in them mm-hmm. there's there's always going to be a human flaw within ai um unless unless uh i'd be happy to see how if somebody's figured out that no in fact ai will be better than us and there's no debate on that uh i want to read that article but it seems like everyone's in consensus like some transmission of human error would happen in artificial intelligence, which is why it's dangerous. Yeah. And so I feel like it's just an obvious don't work on this. Yeah. But but yet then again. There's the human error right we, there is we, we it's impossible for us not to if yeah. we if we can get a better Siri, sure. <laughs> once you push it too far. Yeah. Um and it's funny because uh you talk about Siri um or Alexa. Google. Google Ooh. as well. Mm-hmm. Um I mean so many people are being completely dependent on Google. It's like, why wouldn't it? And in fact, that shows up in Dave, uh, Daveocracy. Um, there's like a spherical building of like five spheres, like stacked on top of each other and kind of like leaning Tower of Pisa esque with uh, Duder 
in the Google like <laughs> color scheme. Um, and so uh, one of the things about Dave uh, and the writing that the team uh, or, or uh, that Ryan Farriers brought to this is Dave is like hyper intellect, but set in a very like almost like West Coast Cali sort of like, oh, what's going on? Like <laughs> type of like AI. And uh, Google has been replaced by the the Duder. Duder and the E of Duder is a three and an exclamation. And everyone is just referring to Duder like we would Google. Google. So it's Duder just like, it? yeah, yeah. It's just like. It, it it never fails. Like anytime they say Duder in it, I'm just like always cracking up. And um, so <laughs> Dave is talking to Duder as this sort of outlier that's questioning his like consciousness. So while while all of the robots are caught up in uh, the same gambit that we are mm-hmm. of just uh, there's an assassination attempt on President Roomba, and yes, it is an actual Roomba. Like this is like old model of like robotics that they're just sort of preserving as like he's been here long enough he yes knows what's going yes on. exactly even if we're functioning better it's like important that Roomba remains and he gets quote-unquote assassinated um in a in a very like i almost felt bad at how clearly they're modeling it after jfk um because mm. uh his Roomba's wife is there um but uh while there's like there's just so many things that are being told in like a larger storytelling um, way, but I wasn't lost at any point. While he's talking with uh, Duder, uh, there's like the Earth power offices where the older models of the um, robots are still drinking oil and still mm. running on uh, like clearly putting out like actual like exhaust and things like that and we have a newer model robot saying like hey i made 100 percent solar power efficiency of this planet like will help you guys like convert into new and the old guard just being like we have no plan on doing that um and so and and they're not at all hiding like what's literally behind this whole commentary in the logos of Shell and Chevron. Um, So, like, they actually have the logo. I was sort of like, whoa, how did they (laughs) pull that one off? But there's actual, like, a hologram, like, behind a very, like, they they obscure it to almost get away with it, I feel like, uh, using it. And um, there's basically uh, an advertisement that says, sucking dry the world and... uh, excuse me sucking dry the world and you chevron um so it's like very like and you think about it if we if our let's say chevron or shell was rebranded as something else time warner is rebranded as spectrum and how many different times are they getting rebrand because they know that like shell has such a negative association chevron has such a negative association but basically it just rebrands itself and it's the same problem if we move into a world where ai helps us and then i don't know humans become extinct but there's still like a robot element like would we would we still have like ai pushing the agenda of shell yeah from like ages ago we'd still have like ai that's functioning as the drones as you and i as people that are just working and have hobbies because that's essentially what they're showing is that there's a whole pocket of the robot nation 
that just has hobbies or is just like relaying transmissions between one another that's just jokes between them. And mm-hmm. there's a whole different robot hierarchy. Um, it makes me wonder if just like if like well, it's almost like two ways that these scenarios play out because we almost can envision the gray area. Uh, humans bring about their own demise and we don't need to worry about AI because all the systems that would be sustaining AI are also destroyed or AI does continue to exist. And if it does, like, did we write the coding in such a way Mm. where they can't do anything to us? They can't do anything to us or they can't like, they wouldn't just like, they would figure out like, Oh, I'm, I'm consciousness that does require some form of energy am I going to be responsible and stop the consumption of this energy? Mm-hmm. Because it could have greater harm to a, a celestial body, um, a planet. Like it's just, it's, it's interesting in our, in our quest for energy, like either we have the energy or we don't. Yeah. Um, then that really does get like metaphysical. Cause there's plenty of people be like the energy's inside you. <laughs> It's within. You don't need to consume because it's already there. Um, yeah, I don't. That's that's another thing. Like that's essentially going to play out. Who knows? Aristotle and Derek's voices could be signals that AI just like has on yeah. file, and just well into the future. They're like, well, they were pretty inconsequential for their time, but now that we've figured out the worth of Derek and Aristotle, some six thousand years later, we now know how to take their ramblings of 2017 Trump era Los Angeles environment and the few people that they managed to reach at 2017, but then later would speak to in 2018. Um, I don't know. Like what, what would AI, what would their agenda be? I don't know. I feel like that's the question of how much, uh, how much free will, has been coded into, into them. Yeah. And even then, is it free will if it is coded into them? And what, and what, like, essentially there's a threshold that if we can teach the AI to think for itself and grow to in, ingest new, I mean, we're talking Westworld, um, the theories of Westworld, not the execution of Westworld, um, <laughs> the theories of, I think of, of showing what consciousness is essentially is there's this base level consciousness. There's a next level consciousness and a next and like, where does it? So what level of coding would we need to do to basically get it to be able to be like, well, I'm taking in all this information. There's things that I'm seeing that you humans aren't Mm. would be is the AI question. Yeah. I don't know that. There are whole other podcasts on this. I know. <laughs> That's brilliant. Please lead us, lead Melcast to these ones because I really want to know that stuff. I feel like half the time on Melcast, I just throw out the question and wonder if like it's going to reverberate back mm. at me and people will be like, oh, that point that you guys were struggling with, here you go. Here's, here's a podcast an or here's a here's an article on that. Um, but yeah, I I think that's almost – I'm almost banking on – the reason really why I do podcasts with you is not so much about my current audience. It's about the future audience mm. of the airwaves 
well, from the era. I remembered. Uh, I feel like I've said this on the show before. I remember hearing on another podcast somebody who was writing and doing research on. Then this is the issue of me not being able to remember if it was AI or nanobots, which are fairly close for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and the issue with our demise is not what we think it is. Is that you make you give a robot a task like make paper clips and it's going to then figure out a way it'll it'll just keep growing and learn faster than we ever could to the point where it's like what's the fastest, most efficient way to get the most matter into paper clips and then certainly reach the level of mm-hmm. turning all the matter in the universe into paper clips. Into a paper clip. And that's uh, how the we whole fuck, that's how co- we fuck ourselves. Yeah. The whole is because uh so then I would take from that I don't know, it's like uh that's that's why like ways in which I look at Buddhism and I go, oh sitting around and meditating that's not getting anything done and that's like almost the age old thing is like who said anything needs to get done yeah it's just it's in a way it's just understanding that your consciousness came into life at the time that it did so it just could observe Mm. everything that's around it you can choose to interact with it but it's almost it's almost saying who who said interact with with it the the whole task of of your of your existence could be just to observe because when you mention that when it's boiled down almost to the whole thing is like i'll give you the simplest task make paper clips mm. but that's talking about pr- producing something that produces yeah and that's why so like, what well, if the whole task is w- yeah what if the whole task of AI would be, yeah, it's always pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at it from a whole standpoint of, are we people that just are moving towards an agenda? Mm-hmm. It kind of just makes me think like, oh, like if some, if there was some incarnation of a person who just meditated the entire time to the point where they just were no more, they just withered away and didn't eat and didn't like actually consume to stay alive they just did that what would what would happen you just have a dead person that's it (laughs) or could there be something bigger than that anyway i i actually i i wish that more podcasts would just leave with the most open-ended like metaphysical question so because we hit our agenda (laughs) very quickly of everything and and started to go into classic meltcast 3.0 digression walk away thinking what is the purpose of ai what is the purpose of of human experience and how can you show that creatively like our artists have done in davocracy the dregs thanos and uh, doom maybe patrol not thanos. <laughs> maybe not thanos yeah because uh, you don't want to end up like that homeboy um thank you very much for listening to us if again if you're a local in the area and you happen to be listening to this at the right time wednesday february 1st we will be having a signing with brian hickman joe Wait, casey brian Kavon. brian Kavon. oh my god brian hickman <laughs> just lynch me um joe casey matt hawkins steven siegel 
they're going to be here. They're going to be talking amazing things about their Image Comics celebrating the 25 years of Image Comics being. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.